welcome Patreon subscribers to the final episode in this run of Uncle Monster at the Movies. That's right, it's Phantasm on Insidious Street 5. Reshivigiler. <laughs> that was a rough one. That was a rough one to get out. I'm your host, one Wait, of them. What, what did you say? I didn't know you really said a word. What, what words are you combining? I'm that. That's Ravage with uh, the little shibble thrown in the middle. Oh, Rishibaliger. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, All it's right, not an easy out. word to say. It's certainly not comprehensible. Uh, we're your hosts. My name is hey, Chris wait. Anderson, but if introduce you went to high school yourself. with me, you can call me Shibby. Introduce yourself as Chris Rishibaliger. <laughs> I'm Chris Rishibaliger Anderson. Do your intro again. I've stepped all over you. I'm Chris Anderson. If you went to high school with me, you can call me Shibby. And I'm Ethan Sereski. And I don't have a nickname. I don't need one. It's true. We never called him Leonard Eskel. Oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> Remember, we all had nicknames for one day, and yours stuck for 40 years. Yeah, yeah, it's funny how that panned out. But don't forget, you're, you were either Abraham Leonard Relish. Or, yeah, or Abraham Relish. I think Dan was Abraham Relish. Yes, I think that's true. You, you uh, seem more like a Leonard Eskel. And that's Leonard know. spelled with two Ys. Yes, because I named him Abraham Relish, and I think you may have named me Leonard Eskel. Yes, and I was, of course, Sybil Shibble. Right, because that makes sense. We were we were just young kids doing what young kids normally yeah. do. Yeah, just learning how to pronounce words and laughing at the noises our mouths made. <laughs> at 13. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of people do that as toddlers, but we came back to it. <laughs> <laughs> we know comedy. We know it comes back. You just keep bringing it. It's a callback. Yeah. So, Phantasm 5. You got some notes for me. I do have some. What did I just open? Oh, I opened Uncle Monster Notes Wednesday. Patreon <laughs> check-in. That is not the right document. All right. Well. It's, we're off to, okay, UM Phantasm 5. Okay, now we, we are ready to roll. Hell yes. Another okay. great episode for you, our paying subscribers. Yeah, that's, oh my God, you are paying. I'm so sorry. Um, I've had a rough day. <laughs> let me let me start you off here. In Phantasm Refivager, Reggie, our hero Reggie Bannister, is wandering through the desert seeking out his friend Mike and the evil tall man. Along his journey, he is hunted down by the dangerous spheres and stumbles upon the gorgeous Dawn. Out of the blue, he finds himself in an institution with Mike explaining that he has dementia. And then, in another dimension, where is Mike? That was user submitted. Okay. Well, there we go. That's uh, that's quite the log line. Uh, that was awful. That was an awful user submitted log line. What? No, I would. I, my log line would have been, the final war against the tall man has begun as Reg battles his own sanity in a distant future. Is it the apocalypse or is he just insane? <laughs> I like that. Do you want to know what the taglines were here in, and in Japan? Yes. Let me know here and in Japan. Uh, in the U.S., it was Phantasm Five. The final game now begins. 
And in Japan, it was, this is the last, this is the end. Yep. It certainly was the last, and it certainly was the end. You know what? I'm wrong. There are two exclamation points. It was, in Japan, it was, this is the last, this is the end. Oh, God. That makes it seem much more urgent. That's actually much better. Yeah, I apologize. This is the only film in the series not directed by Don Coscarelli. And it shows. Although although he acts as producer and co-writer, which doesn't show. Uh, It is directed by David Hartman and stars A. Michael Baldwin, Reggie Bannister, and Angus Grimm in, unfortunately, his final appearance as the tall man. Mm. You know why? Because he passed away, unfortunately. Yeah, you guessed it. In 2000, you guessed it, Frank Stallone. In 2004, six years after the release of uh, Oblivion, uh, Don Coscarelli told Fangoria he'd like to do another Phantasm film. uh, Reggie and Angus are still in great shape and raring to go. Well... How great I mean, Reg Angus was looking Grimm. okay. Angus Scrim was looking a little bit rough. How old was he in 2004? 2004? I don't know. Uh, well, he, he died in 2016 at 89, so... Uh, all right, 12 and this years, movie was made 70... in 2004? Yeah, so 12, 89 minus 12. 75. 77. 77. Yeah. Yeah, getting up two- in March 2005, uh, Coscarelli was in the final stages of talks with New Line to produce a new entry. Reportedly, the new film was being developed as a relaunch and as a possible trilogy about Mike's coming of age. Mm. This version never came to fruition. Yeah, there's a nice big gap there between one and two where you could fill in with some good prequel stuff. Yeah, that's true. There's a lot of coming of age stuff. that could. That's not a terrible idea. Like no, a little I'd goonies, watch the hell out of that. Some Goonies kind of stuff going on with the tall man. Yeah, yeah. And Mike's in a, an insane asylum or a juvenile home or, give, you know, whatever. Give him a group of friends, like, you know, quirky friends. Yeah, and some of them get killed by the tall man. And, and Ken Sagos is one of his friends. Yeah, this movie's all sound dope as hell. Digitally de-aged. Yes. I want him in the Andy Circus green suit. Hey, tall man! Kincaid! <laughs> Cast me as the tall man. What? Cast me as the tall man. Yeah. You would be excellent as the tall man. Get me just some boots. It'll be fine. Rotten Tomatoes reports that 57% of 14 critics gave the film a positive review. The average rating is 5.1 out of 10. Yeah. That seems generous. Well, you know, it's a it's a loved, much loved franchise, so they get. A it's little... true. It goes a long way on its goodwill, and no it's record... nice to see the band back together for one more time. There's a lot of space between Phantasm Four and Five. There is. There was the entire time that Reggie was in hell, which is what I really wanted to have Phantasm Five be about, and when it wasn't about that, I was very upset. Reggie in hell. That would be good. Phantasm 6 or 5. You could do a 4.5. That'd be a good prequel. Yes. Show Reggie fighting dwarves in hell. Sounds awesome. Though recognizing the film's narrative weakness, Michelle Galgana of Screen Anarchy wrote, 
Still, it's impossible to overlook the fun that you see all these guys having, and their hearts are all in the right place. I suppose that's true. Uh, Bloody Disgusting was split, with Trace Thurman placing on his five worst horror movies of 2016, with, uh, yet John Squires loved it. However, both agreed the film looked like a cheaply made student film. That it did. Really with, looked terrible. And with that, uh, we are through the notes and on to the characters of Phantasm Revivager. It's because in, the V in Ravager is a Roman numeral five. It's the fifth film. So we got our main man, Reggie. This is a Reggie story. As well it should be. Reggie Bannister, Mike and Jody's closest friend and former ice cream man, now tall man hunter and sexual harasser. We've got Mike, who's Reggie's now looking. Best friend. He looks worn, doesn't he? Look a little shop worn. He he's shown his years. I mean, he's been starring in these films for forty years. Jesus, it really makes you. You know what's funny? These movies are about mortality, and it really makes you think about your own mortality when you realize these guys. You see Reggie aging in the movie. Yes, it's very it, disturbing. And you realize you're aging, and you realize the first time you watched it, how old were you, you know? Yes. It's very yes. disturbing. Yes, it's very unpleasant. So, we have, uh, who do we do? Uh, the, have we done the tall man yet? We have not yet done the tall man, a.k.a. A. Jebediah Morningside. Played by Angus Scrim, the once again vertically gifted supernatural undertaker who has evil dwarves as his minions. And he shrinks the dead. And he's a shapeshifter. We've got, obviously, Jody. Not Jorby Sh anymore. No longer Jorby. He's back to being Jody. And he's only in the last ten minutes of the movie. I didn't see the last ten minutes, so I'll trust you on that. Uh, that's played by <laughs> Bill Thornberry. Yes, Mike we do have a confession to make. The elephant <laughs> in the room. Uh, Ethan was not able to finish watching the film in time for today's recording and I said you know what let's roll with it you didn't miss much yeah I really wanted to watch it but I and I watched half of it or a third of it and um I got the idea and I read the synopsis and Shibble said let's just let's just let it roll so yeah for yeah the we'll first, see where this goes it'll be an I won't interesting do it discussion again. I promise I won't do it again so uh we also have Dawn uh, mm. also known as Jane yes confusingly playing, Played by Dawn Cody. Mm-hmm. Not also known as Jane Cody. <laughs> no, no, that would be confusing. That'd be funny, though. Then yeah, we her have... alternate name should have been Cody. That That's true. Uh, then we have Chunk. Chuck, definitely the best new character. No, Chunk. Oh, his name was Chunk? I thought it was Chuck. No, it's with an NK. Oh, well, that's a little bit embarrassing. But still, great character. Played by Stephen Jutros. Yep. We have the return of the Lady in Lavender. She's back, baby. And it wasn't the same actress? Yes, I, I believe it was. Well, well, she's looking good. Kathy Lester. And then, of course, uh, this is what I was looking forward to but didn't see, was Rocky. Yes, Rocky appears in the last three minutes. Oh, in really? A That's it? sequence. Well, That's actually... It? in a mid-credit sequence that went on bizarrely long. She didn't have anything to do with the plot? No. 
Well, she's played by Gloria Lynn Henry. We she's have, back, baby. We have Demeter, played by Daniel Roebuck. You might know Daniel Roebuck as Arnst on Lost. Who's Arnst? I, I, I've, I've watched the first seven episodes of Lost, but I stopped uh, He there. was only in like two episodes uh, before the final season. Uh, he was a chemistry teacher that got blown up carrying some sticks of dynamite. Okay, I haven't gotten there. Sorry, spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. <laughs> and we have Raina, played by Sally Duran. Don't remember that character. I don't either, but then again, I've seen 38 minutes of the film. Might have, There was a nurse at one point. It might be the nurse. I would think it would say Nurse Raina, but whatever. Who knows? And maybe, with, maybe when we go through my notes, I'll find someone and be like, oh, that's Raina. You know what? You know what's funny is it, it it seems that you're souring a bit on the film. I gotta tell you, I'm disappointed in this film, and I'm gonna tell you why. As I was watching it, I was thinking about our discussions that we'd had about the previous Phantasm films, and any time that I had said, "Hey, you know what I really like about the Phantasm franchise? Oh, hey, you know what's really great about this is that it does this." I noticed times where it broke all of those things that I like about the Phantasm franchise. It didn't do any of them. It also looked like shit, and the dialogue was piss poor. Everybody, Everybody's performances were great. I have no problem with everybody in front of the camera. But everything else, I gotta say, I found to be very disappointing. Do you attribute it to Coscarelli not directing? I think so. I think this director uh, did not have a solid a hand frankly, was not as creative as Don Cascarelli, which, you know, that's a high, you know, standard to reach, but it needs to be reached for it to be a successful Phantasm film. And it wasn't, in your opinion? In my opinion, no. How right. did you feel about it? The the bit that you saw? I thought it was weird as shit. <laughs> it was... It was weird, but not in a good way. Not in a way that was, like, interesting. It was more, like, hard to follow. It was... It seemed like I was watching a lot of short films. Yeah. It it tried to do some things with, like, alternate history and timeline hopping that weren't really executed very well. Uh, I did see a Jebediah Morningside scene in the hospital. Yes, you did get to see. Okay, that reminds. Well, okay, let's get into the plot. Let's, let's get into do the plot, it. Let's, and I'll, let's, I'll just yeah. mention everything that I didn't like because I wrote it all down. All right, let's get into Phantasm Five Ravager. So we start off with Reg in the desert. Classic imagery. He's in his white uh, ice cream suit. Unfortunately, he's not in hell exactly what we wanted to see based on the end of Phantasm 4 and we said specifically that Phantasm 4 could be judged only by how well it set up Phantasm 5 that's right we said that specifically and Phantasm 5 sucks so boom retroactively it makes Phantasm 4 suck which is really unfortunate because I wanted to like Phantasm 4 I'm all head up <laughs> uh, so now and we look at Reg, and boy, I gotta say, Reggie Bannister's showing his age at this point. They gave him, like, a pretty bad-looking dye job, and <laughs> it it's it's a little bit rough. How old do you, do you suppose Reggie was filming? I'm this? gonna say late 50s, early 60s. 
Well, in 1978, that's what was the first Phantasm? 78 or 79? I think 78. 78. So he must have been 30 in 78. Yeah. So this would be, yeah, he so might be 70. early 60s. No, 70. This came out in 2004, really? No. No? 2016. Like oh, 2016? Oh, my goodness. Okay. That's what I thought, and then I thought I was wrong because you had mentioned Coscarelli talking about 2004, but that must have just been when he was in the planning phase. Okay. Um, it was given, given a limited theatrical release throughout 2016. Okay. So, yeah, he was probably then at least in his late 60s. And it kind of shows. And Angus Grimm, we said, was in his 80s. Yeah. 89. It kind of shows. You know, but hey, it's good to see the band back together. There's no reason why you can't make a movie about a bunch of old guys. I like seeing these characters. I yeah, if, I, I do too. I like I, yeah. I I I had good feelings when you see like when you start off and you see Reggie, it it feels familiar and, and warm. Yeah, and yeah, it got me excited. So we get our flashbacks that we get at the beginning of every Phantasm, and uh, it seems like it's leading up to like this is going to be the Phantasm movie where we're going to give you all the answers. This is going to be the one where we're going to fill in all that stuff that was left vague in the previous Phantasm movies, which is a problem because not having those things filled in was what made them great. <laughs> uh, and instead, he fills it up with the most boring sci-fi garbage. Um, so, then we show our title font. Boy, I loved that title font that they have on the Phantasm franchise. What a great logo. Changed the font. Looks like shit. They changed the font? They changed the font. It looks like shit. Why would they change? They didn't I have change no it any idea. of the other movies. No, it was. I don't know. They cheaped out. I don't know. They've really fucked it up. Uh, <laughs> just left a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, but I see. So Reg is like, oh, I left my Cuda in the desert. Somebody stole it from me. <laughs> And that's when we realize, yeah, they're not even going to address him ever going to hell. They're just going to show him being back. Then some dickhead drives up behind him in the Cuda. Wait, why did he go to hell? To get Bill Mike back? He went to he went there to get the uh, tall man who had ripped the golden orb out, out of, of Michael's head. head. And he chased him into the portal. Yeah. But are we ever going to address why he did that? What happened there? If he was successful? Yeah. Nothing. No. Wow. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah. I mean, if I understood what happened correctly, there was at one point halfway through the film, Reg woke up in a mind control device where they told him he had been for the last 10 years. There's also at one point, okay... <laughs> So, yeah, who knows what, if anything, in the previous four Phantasm movies are real. <laughs> uh, just based on that one scene. Just having a character wake up halfway through a movie and say, Hey, you've been in a mind control device for the last ten years. And then not addressing what is or isn't real. Just being like, okay, now we're in a post-apocalyptic future where the tall man is one. Who puts an ice cream man in a mind control device? <laughs> 
Who knows? Who who knows? Who knows why this happened? Who knows what was real and who wasn't? Who can say? <laughs> anyway, this idiot drives up behind Reg in the Cuda and starts honking at him. He's like, hey, asshole, get out of the road. And Reg's like, hey, can you give me a ride into town? Sure. And then Reg hops on the car and he says, you know what? This is my fucking car. And then he opens the glove compartment where he had a loaded, like, desert eagle and forces the guy out of the car and steals his own car back. And makes so that was kind of cool. He makes hmm? the guy get naked, too. Yeah, and he also makes him strip. So Reg has still got it. Uh, but there are some silver spheres out in this desert. This is the first one uh, film where the silver spheres are almost entirely digital. Uh, almost no practical uh, silver spheres. And you can tell. And, they, yeah, they do not look good. And also having them, uh, well, anyway. And you never get that classic tracking shot of like following the sphere down the hall of a mausoleum. That's Though right. That, you never get that shot, which is so cool. Boy, another thing about Phantasm that this movie gets wrong. <laughs> so uh, this is like bad fan fiction. Yeah, it feels like this is made by someone who didn't understand what makes Phantasm so good. Like but I, liked it. But they liked yeah, it. Yeah, they liked it. They just didn't put a lot of thought into what was cool about it. Um, so, uh, the Silver Spheres kill the car owner. Reggie steals uh, the car and drives off and escapes the spheres. He shoots one in the glove compartment, and you hear it go like... Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> like, think, Johnny, oh. like Johnny Five. Yeah, and like, no disassemble. <laughs> <laughs> but... It never like he never examines it or anything. Nothing comes of it. Who cares? He's done with it. It's short circuited. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then all of a sudden, we're with a much older Reg, and he's in a wheelchair, and in a home for uh, mentally infirm elderly people. The wheelchair is being pushed by Mike. Mike tells Reg. He's demented. <laughs> but he says, hey, it's good to keep your mind active. Why don't you tell me that crazy story you were telling me about a tall man? And so Reg is like, all right, well, I guess uh, I was in the Southwest wandering through the desert like <laughs> I always do. And I saw a lady and I got horny like I always am. And, uh, yeah, there's a lady with a car broke down by the side of the road. And he's like, let me give you a lift back to your place. And she's like, okay, Rich, but you better not try and fuck me. And he's like, no, no, maybe. And they drive <laughs> off. Uh, that was the vibe he gave off. <laughs> yeah, that's Reg. He's like, that no, it's changed. not like that. It could be. Unless you want it to be. Right. Then it is. Then it, but it, I'm not. It, don't say no because of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't let me. Don't let me drag the party down. Yeah, whatever vibe you're with is cool with me. Yeah, do you know I play I'm guitar? <laughs> yeah. God, your neck looks tense. You ever heard of the Jizz Whalers? So, yeah, he's still out there chasing his action, and he's still, 
the actor is still as charming as he ever was, which is to say, medium charming. You know, <laughs> like what I like, what makes Reg such a great action hero is that he's such an everyman. Like yeah. he's so much just like, he's weird a little bit, but he's not super weird. You know, he's good looking, but he's not super good looking. He's charming, but he's not super charming. He's, he's literally tough. as if they plucked your neighbor to be in a movie. Yeah, and your neighbor did a good job. Yeah, and really got into it. And and you know what? Reggie is talented. He has musical yeah. talent. He has acting talent. Let's not play down. No, yeah, not no. I'm I, this everyman quality is is definitely a, the, a talent that he's bringing to it. Yeah, uh, you know that he does seem just like a normal guy. Uh, although the dialogue sort of amped up his sort of rocker vibe. Yeah. Like I saw him saying dude a lot more. And That's I was like, true. Why do you, why do you have him like, seem like a stoner now? Like, it was a weird vibe. Also, yeah, so he goes back to Dawn's place. He's jamming by the fire, writing up a song about her. Not drinking a Dos Equis for some reason. <laughs> unlike every other guitar scene in the Phantasm franchise. Once again, missing the mark. I do like how they did the close-up of him playing, though. Like they no, got, no. They really and got him And it was cool playing. to let him like uh, show his chops. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. That was good. But the Dos Equis was a miss. And so... And apparently, during the course of the evening, Reg has told Dawn all about the tall man. And she's like, that's a crazy story, Reg. I'm going to bed. Like, this drifter that she just led into her house... Told her, I've been at war with a supernatural entity from another dimension that embodies evil, and he turned my friend into an orb. And she's like, what What a weirdo. I'm going to bed. I'm going to bed. You better not try and sleep with me. <laughs> I don't think that's what it would be sleeping with. I don't think that's what we'd call it. Yeah. So, uh, anyway... Yeah, the dialogue is all pretty bad. But then, then she has uh, a, she has a change see, of heart when she hears his his beautiful guitar playing, doesn't she? Uh, I mean, she she he does say he's going to write a song about her that night. Yeah. And she's like, "Oh, that's charming. You're so sweet. I'm going to bed. Don't try and sleep with me." But she brings him the blanket down. She wants to sleep with him later. Yeah, she changes her mind later. But by then he's fallen asleep. Yeah, he's an old man. That 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 was more mortality stuff, though. Yeah, it's true. Reggie's lost his virility. Yeah, his vim and vinegar. Yeah, because he's an older guy now, and that made me sad. It was like he finally got the girl, and now he's like this older guy, and he's it's too 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 late. You know, I I don't like this theme. No. No, and it's funny that Phantasm has always, in a sense, been about death, but it's never been about death through aging until Phantasm V, and I think that's because that's a really depressing topic. That's the worst death. As opposed to frightening. Other than drowning. Yeah. Yeah, it's up there. (laughs) Uh, So. Let's see. Uh, we see uh, Dawn get killed by spheres. <laughs> Just gonna uh, that, jump right that, into that. <laughs> yeah, the spheres attack. They kill Dawn. 
we see uh, the, the spheres look aluminum foil, by the way. Yeah, they do look. They don't have the same cool finish that they did in the previous films because they they're digital, and and even there are some practical ones, uh, but they're shot from very far away, and yeah, they don't have that same chrome polish. The one that came through the door near near Reggie's head, mm. you know that one. That was yeah. that was practical, and it looked horrible. Yeah, the forks didn't weren't as like polished. Like right. they had really rough edges. Yep. Um, like someone had just like cut them out with tin snips or something. Yeah, totally. It just looked awful. Uh, then we see the return of the Lady in Lavender. It was cool to see that character brought back. Uh, but she's done with these like glowing eye contacts that look very haunted house. You know what I mean? Like they're like these sort of neon. I didn't get this. Now now we're All into right. territory where I haven't seen it. So okay. So, so she's wearing haunted house contacts. She's wearing haunted house glowing contacts. Have you ever been to a haunted house? Uh, I was in one with my church when I was like twelve. <laughs> I hated Wait, it. Was it one of the ones where where you have to show an abortion and show how bad it is? No, no, we're Catholic, so we didn't get we don't get that demonstrative oh uh that's more of a protestant thing even though catholics are very anti-abortion we don't really do that but the pope likes condoms now Hmm? the pope likes condoms now right uh i think he's more into them uh i haven't done much research on it lately He, he uses them Oh, I, I hope he does i hope he stays safe i i do too i mean you want you want him to set a good example yeah yeah. So uh, then we see Reg loading up with gear uh, to go fight the tall man. And in there he's got a ninja sword, a not quadruple shotgun, a uh, pistol. Uh, he's throwing all this shit in this huge bag. He's got a tactical vest on. He looks like a fucking idiot. I wrote down <laughs> he must be lugging like 30 pounds of gear just walking around, walking like that. Like, he's going to get exhausted, my guy. And remember how we said in, I think, Phantasm 3, one of the cool things is that everybody has these iconic weapons. Right. Everybody looks like Reggie's got his shotgun. Rocky's got her nunchucks. Tim's got his frisbee with the razor blades. You know, they've all got their signature. You know, uh, Mike's got his flamethrower. In, right. in Phantasm 2. They all have icon, And here, they're just like, just load them up with everything. What's cool is just more weapons is even cooler. It's like, <laughs> no, it's not. You're... You know, they even changed the car, too. Did you notice? Yeah, it was back to being a hardtop Cuda. Yeah. Uh, I didn't but... have that much of a complaint with it, but they did have the uh, drop top last time. Yeah. And who knows if it was just, like, another CUDA that Reggie hid at some point because the last one got destroyed, maybe? I can't remember. Anyway. Uh, so, uh, Don had a farmhand, a Hungarian farmhand named Demeter. Demeter, yes. Uh, so, and he's played by Arnst from Lost. And Reggie runs into him into a barn, and they have a little bit of a thing where they can't understand each other because Demeter doesn't speak English and Reggie doesn't speak Hungarian. And then they get attacked by a silver spear and uh, Demeter is killed. Oh no, that character that I had no interest in is dead. (laughs) 
Though there was a shot uh, right before that where a sphere killed a horse, and that was pretty cool. I'll so give him that it? one. Because uh, it was there, and the sphere is no, fucking mean. Oh, just drilled into his head the same way. They also don't have very many creative sphere kills in this. It mostly is just the same forks to the forehead, drilled through the center of the forehead, blood spritz it, out the back. It should have gone into its chest and stomach and come out of its mouth or something. That would have been very frightening. See, another great creative thing that they didn't do. Instead, just boop in the head, drill, blood squirts out. You uh, think if they did that, they'd be going by the book, but they're not going by the book. They're changing the good stuff into shitty stuff. So why are they keeping that? Yeah, yeah. At this point is when I began, I wrote down... I don't know if this director is failing at emulating Coscarelli or <laughs> failing at putting his own stamp on it, but either way, he's failing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then we cut back to Mike and Reg at the old folks' home. Uh, Mike says, Some religions theorize, that, the, and science does this as well, that there are parallel universes. And I thought to myself, name one religion that talks about parallel universes. <laughs> Zor Zoroastrianism. I don't think so. No, they don't. Yeah, I, I, I don't think there is any. Scientology? Could be. Maybe Scientology. But I'm going to say, other than that, I, I mean, it's science fiction, so... Yeah, it could be. Could be. I don't, I, I'll be honest. I do not know that much actually about what Scientologists believe. And I don't want to know. No, because you might get sucked in. Not not my business. <laughs> yeah, stay away from it. Hey. Join ha Nexium. Have, have a nice time. <laughs> have fun with it. Have fun with your... What do they have? Those meters that read the ghosts in your body? Yeah. Whatever you got... I hope it helps you you live your best life. Have yes. a wonderful time. Stay away from me. None of have a nice time. Yeah. Over uh, there. Uh so this is when I wrote down Reg only needs his main weapon, a sidearm and a holdout. Like he only needs his quadra shotgun, a pistol, and a knife. And I was about there, to you say a, your, a blade, yeah. Needs yeah. a blade. Yeah. More than that, he looks like a fucking moron. He must be lugging around fifty pounds of gear. And then all of a sudden he's out just walking through the woods, going somewhere, and he looks up and there's a giant sphere. Oh, it's a sphere the size of a boat. <laughs> How creative. <laughs> Big sphere. Well, well, Shibble, it is creative because they've had little spheres thus far, and yeah. now this is a bigger sphere. Yeah, now they've got a big sphere. And it uh, looks, or, well, it just sort of hovers there. And doesn't do anything. Yeah, it's different. It's big. And then uh, he... Reg sees a dimensional fork and he jumps through it. To get away from the big sphere because that's to a big a new addition. Yes. And when he goes through the... He escapes the danger of the big floating sphere that uh, does nothing. And ends up in hell again. Uh, he winds up now in a white room. Uh, In a white room with yes. black curtains. No curtains. With Just no a curtains. dimensional fork and a tall man. And a tall man. But you remember the sort of iconic white room that would have the dimensional fork from Phantasm 1. 
I'm so sorry. Every time you say white room, I want to start singing the song. No, I understand. But I think just the once that we get the point. Okay. So it, what were you saying? In Phantasm 1, they had that room that was entirely white. Of that course. That had the forks and the barrels. Right. The white room. Yeah. This is that same room. Except they did it all digitally, which makes it look worse than if they had just gone to an all white room. That's like unbelievable. Just, yeah. It. What it, it made, looked like. It looked like, you know, in, in the Matrix when they go to that sort of negative area. Yeah. At, like that. Just sort of an infinite whiteness. I wouldn't but want... But they had, like, why, though? a ceiling why would they... and floor line. But why do that? I don't know. <coughs> why not oh, just do a white There room? was one, like, cool camera move that you wouldn't be able to do easily in a practical room. You'd have to, like, build a room in a warehouse. Was it worth it for that one? Maybe put two days work into doing that. Was it worth it for that one camera move? I don't think so. I don't think the move was that cool. <laughs> it was just a big, uh, what do you call that? A truck. Oh, okay. Three, like a 90 degree truck that was in a wide angle. So what happens in this room, in the, in the white room? Oh my God, what happens in this fucking room? Got me so livid. You know, do you remember how we specifically said one of the cool things about the tall man is that he doesn't have, like, exchanges of dialogue? Like, right. he doesn't interact with people on that level. He just, like, boy, blah, the service is about to begin. Like, he just, like, makes statements. Yeah, he proclaims. Yes. Well, he's brought Reg here to bargain with him. Oh, no. Really? Yeah, in a scene where you might as well have said, All my life I've searched for a worthy adversary, Reg. Like, it was just like, shut the fuck up. Why did you write this scene? Uh, so he's Ice negotiating cream with man. Him. And he says, like, yeah, I wrote down, Why is a tall man negotiating with Reg? He's an unmitigated force of evil that is made of bugs. <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense to be doing this. Uh... But he says, like, oh, I can give you back your family. And Reg is like, well, then you got to give me back Mike and Jody, too. And Tall Man's like, no, they're with me now. And Reg's like, no, then no deal. What does the Tall Man want in return? What does Reggie have to give him? I think leaving him alone, stop being a thorn in his side. Why does he just kill Reggie? Yeah, he could just fucking kill him. It's... There's no motivation to this. And once again, I'm not saying that I need to know because what I like about Phantasm is that I don't know things. But if you're going to have him stand here and negotiate with someone, then I need to know why he's doing that. Yes. Like what even like the stakes of the negotiation are. Otherwise, the scene makes no sense. You're pissed off. You are, and rightfully so. It's just... This all feels so obvious. I'm going to release this on the main feed, goddammit. <laughs> really give Phil Hartman a... Not Phil Hartman. What's his name? Bill no, Hartman? No, R.I.P. Phil Hartman. Yeah, R.I.P. Phil Hartman. You were, you, were, you were good at voices. What a talent. Very funny. Uh, who, who directed this movie? Daniel A. Hartman. Was it Dan? No. It's, uh, who directed this? I thought it was Daniel A. Hartman. Is it Daniel Hartman? Might be. I I read it in my notes. David Hartman. David Hartman. 
David Hartman. Do you think he's Phil's younger, less talented brother? <laughs> hey, David, I, I, can you do any voices? <laughs> no. Do could, Indian, David. No, I, I could do... I could do Phantasm Five. Is what I could do, Philip. Can you do Valley Girl? <laughs> I could do Phantasm Five. <laughs> it's gonna be really, really structurally ambitious, and I'm gonna pull it off. Hold, hold on, David. My wife wants to talk to me. So finally, we find Reggie in a mausoleum. Me? You're my brother. You should have warned me, David. Before finally, I talk to my find... wife, she's going to murder me. Finally, <laughs> we find Reg in a mausoleum. <laughs> finally, we see a dwarf running around. <laughs> 40 minutes into Phantasm Five, a movie that lasts 87 minutes. Is our first, it's not our first dwarf. We might have seen one standing outside with the tall man when he was spying on Reg. But oh, okay. This is the first time we're seeing anyone interact with one. That's true. I, th- I thought there might be, might have been one in the flashback. Yeah, I, I guess the first one in in new new footage events. Yeah, yeah, and we see once again another mistake made. They did this in the wrong order. It goes dwarves, then spheres. You have to amplify your level of threat. The dwarves are noticeably less frightening than the spheres. You would rather fight a dwarf than a sphere, correct? Yes, in the world of Phantasm, specifically the evil undead dwarves. Would you rather fight a dwarf or a sphere in real life? An evil undead dwarf or a No, a, a dwarf. dwarf. And this, but the sphere is the sphere from Phantasm. Yes, I think I think the normal dwarf. Yes, I agree. Um. So then we see the lady in lavender. She floats down the mausoleum uh, hallway, her foot scraping a trench in the floor, which was kind of cool. Uh, finally, we see some yellow blood when Red shoots her in the face <laughs> with an Uzi. <laughs> <laughs> an Uzi. He uses several automatic weapons, which also feels like, like, I feel like, uh, Phantasm is not an automatic weapons franchise. I feel like it's shotguns, revolvers, bolt action, rifles. Like Evil like it's Dead. Not, it's not Uzis. Right. No, yeah. it's like an Evil Dead, like, like there's certain franchises yeah. you don't bring an AK-47 to the game. Yeah, it feels out of place. Um... And also we see that this yellow blood, they didn't even do the yellow blood right. It's translucent instead of opaque. Oh. Um, so that, it feels like, and at this point I wrote down, every change that has been made has made this feel more generic. It, Are you sure it's, it's not it a... feel like less memorable. Are you sure it's not a parody? No, I think its budget was severely below all the previous films. I could I didn't find its budget. I would not be surprised if it was very low. Let me see if I can give that a quick look. I'll sing White Room while you look at it. Uh, no not even list not listed on Wikipedia. So I'm gonna say no. So you don't uh, want to hear White Room? 
I not again. I heard <laughs> it. So I'm gonna estimate that this is probably somewhere around a hundred thousand. I'm gonna say this is probably the cheapest one to date, especially adjusted for inflation. Oh, because the last one was three hundred thousand. Yeah, I bet this was lower budget than that one. I uh, definitely. Oh, uh, actually, I don't know because they use CG more. Yeah, but this CG at this point with that farther along in technology would have been much cheaper. Like this is like Sci-Fi Channel level CG. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right, and this is 2016. Yeah, like we it, had already made the Matrix at this point. It feels, but it feels like it's still like in 1980 something. Yeah, no, it feels these feel like late nine. These are like Lawnmower Man level special effects. I think below that. Yeah, I think that's fair. So where are we? And if they had invested that budget in practical effects, maybe that would have been different. I would have maybe. invested it in a scriptwriter. Yeah, also some better dialogue, maybe a better plot. Uh, but once again, everyone in front of the camera, fantastic work. Loved seeing them all together. I want to make that absolutely clear. Why didn't Tim come back? Oh, because he was eaten by dwarves. Could be. He was off screen eaten by dwarves, and now that's canonical. <laughs> uh, so, uh, suddenly he finds himself on like a giant whirling spike in hell with the tall man. Wait, what? Like the floor, like he's wandering through a tunnel, I guess, out of the mausoleum. Wasn't he just negotiating? Yeah, now he's back and they're face to face again, but they're not in a white room. They're on a floating spire of rock in a hellscape. And tall man is like, are you sure you don't want to do this? And at this point, I'm thinking maybe what he's offering Reg is a chance to go back in time and start over and just like take his family and run from the tall man and tall man will leave them alone. Uh, and then that's setting up an alternate timeline thing and that's why we have Reg in the insane asylum and everyone's like, there's no such thing as the tall man. Maybe that's where this is going. Oh. Spoiler alert, it's not. It doesn't even do that. That would have been so cool if Reggie got his family back and gave up on Mike and Jody and did the deal with the tall man, except he remembered it and everyone thought he was crazy and he couldn't enjoy his family because he was so traumatized and he ended up in the institution talking about the tall man and, could, and couldn't live with his family. Yeah, but then also Mike was there. But maybe he was hallucinating Mike because at one point Mike disappeared. Yeah, he disappeared. I saw that. It's all pretty vague. But anyway... Tall man is not making that ad offer. Don't get your hopes up. Uh, Would you yeah, like here's where I wrote down, remember, ice cream man? I'm sorry. <laughs> remember when we were talking about how laughable it would be if the tall man had exchanges of dialogue? I noticed that in this scene. <laughs> uh, remember when how I said it was really cool when the tall man didn't like talking about his plans and we didn't know what he was doing? That was really cool. Now we see cuts of... Uh, Here's where Reggie wakes up in a uh, the mind control device. And he's rescued by Dawn and Chunk. Isn't Dawn dead? Dawn is now identifying as Jane. This is not explained. Huh. Alternate dimension? Could be. Because also now Reg... Well, they tell Reg that he has spent the last ten years in this mind control device. So, did he ever even know Dawn? Was any of that real? 
what's been going on. Who knows? But, oh, and also I should mention there's a little bit of a scare because we see a uh, Reg is tied to this table in this mind control device, and we see a dwarf that's covered in a, a mask come up, and he goes, but in, he has a knife, and you think, oh my god, he's going to attack Reg. And also we see there are a bunch of, like, silver spheres in this room, but they're in, a, like, a little cage. So we, we know we're in a tall man-oriented area. Right. Um, but uh, this dwarf takes the knife, and he cuts Reg free from his bindings. And he removes his uh, headgear, and he's uh, just a human dwarf. Not an evil undead dwarf, just a good dwarf. Wait, he was just... They had a dwarf character who wasn't an evil dwarf? Yeah, it was really cool, actually. That's confusing, though. No, no, it was, I mean, it was kind of a cheap scare. But once you see him take it off, and he's like, Hi, my name's Chunk, and then I'm oh, the here dwarf, to help they, you get out of here. They named the dwarf Chunk? Yeah, I, I thought he said his name was Chuck. Hearing it, that it's Chunk is a little bit disappointing. It is, yeah, that's, he could have had a human name. He could have been named Chuck, which is what I thought when I thought he was really cool. He was still pretty cool uh, in that, like, they never talk about it, and he's just like, uh, uh, yeah, then the lady that's with him turns out to be Dawn slash Jane, and he's like, we're here to get you out of here. Follow me, and he pulls out a gun, and he starts leaving out, and then Reg's like, well, shit, I gotta get out of here. I'm going with these guys. The dwarf pulls out a gun? Yeah, the dwarf has like he's a He's a bunch hero. Of he's a hero. Yeah, dwarf. he's a hero. He's an action hero. He's dope. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That part was cool. I like that. I'll give him that one. I'll give him that one. Good to give him uh, something. You've been attacking him the whole time. You're on a rampage. Anyway, yeah, Jane says that she doesn't remember ever meeting Reg, uh, to which I wrote down, who cares? Uh, <laughs> then I wrote down, uh, shh. Chuck is cool, actually. It's cool that he's not a joke. Uh, Meanwhile, his name is Chunk. <laughs> yeah, except his name is Chunk, which is disappointing. <laughs> uh, then we finally get to see some uh, some colored lighting. Somebody finally went to the store and got some gels. <laughs> uh, the, the rest of the film has been shot almost entirely in the daytime to use natural light. They didn't even use bounce boards. Everybody's completely in shadow and flat looking. It's really terrible. Uh, but yeah, so they finally got some red and blue gels up to make it look a little creepy in their crematorium. Uh, we get a little jump scare. Uh, What's the jump scare? Uh, a dwarf pops out of nowhere and starts stacking Reg, but then Chuck kills him. I'm just going to keep calling him Chuck because I like the character better that way. Yeah, I, I, I think we should honor... It, it, this was made in 2016. His name should have been Chuck. Yeah, but other than that, fantastic character. Yeah, no, um, I like the sound of him. Yeah. Reg, for some reason at this point, has like an almost Captain Jack Sparrow-style swagger to him. <laughs> um as he continues to call people dude and be more and more of a space cadet. Arr, dude. Uh, Want to hear a song, man? Arr. <laughs> so then uh, he meets up with uh, Mike. Mike in the post-apocalyptic future. And... Wait, Mike. Okay, so now we're in the post-apocalyptic future where Chuck is an action hero, but Mike is here as well. Mike is here, and he's got a bunch of fucking guns, and he, like... She's about to lead Reg out of this, like, warehouse that they're in. And he opens the door, and we see that it is 
a post-apocalyptic, or actually not even post-apocalyptic, an apocalyptic future where giant spheres are shooting lasers at people who are running through the streets screaming, buildings are being destroyed, people are shooting each other in the streets. Uh, it's pretty uh, lame. <laughs> what, if, what if they had started there, though? Well, I mean, that might have been better if we had spent just time in this post-apocalyptic future or had that as the baseline, I think that would have been cool. Uh, but one of the things that I liked about the tall man is that he seemed to be using Earth for resources, resources. for something he was doing somewhere else. Right. Whereas now it's like, my goal is going to take over the world. I'm going to take over the world, boy. Like, oh. It always seemed like he was working kind of shrouded in mystery to mm. sap Earth of its resources for his dimension. Yeah, yeah, like he was involved in some sort of galactic war and he was using us like a mine. Exactly, uh, but it, but it was it was cloaked, you know, it was yeah. it, it was kind of an undercover operation. Yeah, so this to me feels like a real misread of what the tall man's goals were. This was a big swerve for me, and I really didn't like it. He's not Cloverfield. Yeah. Yeah, It's this isn't, like, Independence Day. <laughs> Although, that'd be funny if Will Smith was in the next Phantasm. <laughs> yes. if I mean, that's the only place it could go. And <laughs> should go, except it should actually do any of those prequel ideas that we had already mentioned. Reggie Goes to Hell, 4.5. Yeah, or Mike the Teen Years. Oh, yeah. That, no, that's a TV series. That would also be fantastic. Phantasm so, the Teen... The, that actually would make... I'm not even joking. Phantasm, Mike's Teen Years, like dealing with a tall man with a group of like quirky friends, like yeah. it, it, the kids of it style, would be a I, hit TV show. I could see that on like FX... I could see that on Netflix. Yeah. Hit us up. <laughs> uh, that's the idea to tell your friend Corey. <laughs> Don't mention Corey. I'll edit him out. Okay. In case anybody hears the name Corey and thinks Ethan's friend. Hmm. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Mike then drops a bunch of world building exposition. Uh, About what? About, uh, this is the post-apocalypse that we're in, uh, the tall man, or, uh, has been turning people into, or, he's been taking our own resistance fighters as soon as they die, they've been reanimated as zombies now, uh... Not dwarf zombies, just zombies? No, just regular zombies. There was a fight scene where there was one dwarf and three regular zombies, which really implies to me that they could only get one dwarf actor and no children. <laughs> Well, by this time, by 2016, they probably, the way they were shooting those movies, they probably couldn't shoot them with kids. Possibly, yeah. Because the time constraints and all that, the way, I mean, with the $100,000 budget, they probably couldn't work with that many kids. Yeah, a another consequence of the small budget. Uh, so then we flash back a little bit to what Mike was doing in this timeline. Uh, when Reg went to hell and didn't come back, Mike went to a nearby hotel and sewed his yellow blood uh, head shut. 
And the Mike in the other timeline is remembering this all as a dream. But he's like, this dream is so vivid that I think it must be real. Um, he describes a future where it was sort of World War Sphere. Spheres attacking the entire planet at once. And also there was a virus that would make people's heads explode. Which you didn't really need. But fine, that's happening too. It made people's uh, heads look like scanners? Yeah, like, and at one point they showed, like, a group of four EMS dudes carrying some guy away, and then the guy's head exploded. And I was like, what, what were they even trying to do? This doesn't make any sense. A virus that makes people's head explode? It's, I mean, that's a cool idea, but not for this movie. Like, you can't just throw that out there. Either have them have that, or the, or the dwarves, or you can't have throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah, and it's like, what? Like... The tall man never used biological warfare before. Like, it has nothing to do with from? his character. It, yeah. Um, like, you never saw him, like, working with germs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, my lab. My Wuhan like, lab. Uh, so. Don't wear your masks. So then uh, Tall Man bursts into uh, the building where uh, Mike and Reg are, and we're cutting back and forth between Mike and Reg in the post-apocalyptic future fighting the Tall Man and Reg in the home for the senile, where Reg is confused and wandering around deluded, uh, but then we cut back and he's fighting the Tall Man. Uh, the Tall Man... Uh, confronts them in a hallway uh reg or mike shoots the tall man with an rpg oh my god an rpg yeah, yeah. blows the the whole building away uh they go through some uh da -da -da, dimensional forks to uh hell world finally we're in hell world finally and so this also addresses my... I had a previous concern that maybe Hell World was future Earth and Tall Man was just a time traveler, which oh. I thought would be really lame. Uh, this doesn't make that impossible. It makes it... It does la add some credence to that theory, but it also doesn't make it conclusive. It, it might not be the case, but it could be the case. And that would be lame. And that would be lame! Jesus! It's like they just don't get it? Um, He's an alien. So, tall Man is holding Dawn hostage. And Mike and Reg are like, we gotta get her out of there. Um, Man. And oh no, Dawn slash Jane, the woman who we already thought was dead, and now is someone else, might be dead again. I don't know, whatever. Ha! <laughs> And Tall Man's like, you can never stop me because there's so many of me. And they show another one of those white rooms, uh, but not with black curtains, with just a whole bunch of tall men in there, just standing, waiting to replace a tall man if he dies, which is the lamest answer to that. It's like, oh, I just got a bunch more of me. When one dies, it's, I'm just, that's just another me. Yeah, that was the answer the to that whole question of how did he Yeah, reproduce? that was the answer they came up with. That there's, there's a, a whole... Just, I have a closet there, of myself. Yeah, I've just got a whole... i got a, another guy. 
I got an extra guy. I found the green mushroom. That is so stupid. I, I, I was in uh, level one three, and I did that thing where you keep on jumping the goombas, and you get infinite lives. How many? How many were there in the room? Uh, like they went out to the horizon. Oh, okay. I was about to say, like, is there like sixteen? Like, how many do you have to kill? <laughs> now, don't worry. I've got five guys left. <laughs> five guys. But there's uh, a hint that maybe because he's here in Hell World instead of on Earth, he might be vulnerable. They might be thinking it's not clear, but luckily... Nothing's clear. Chunk, a.k.a. Chuck, has snuck in as one of the evil dwarves, using that old chestnut. <laughs> That's Chekhov's dwarf costume. <laughs> and he's strapped himself up with a bunch of grenades and runs up... Oh, no! And blows up the tall man after tall man has Dawn's neck snapped. <gasps> Uh, so Chuck is our hero. Chuck is the one that kills the tall man at the end of the film. He suicide bombs the tall man? He suicide but well, just wait. Oh, I forgot to mention at some point somebody got killed by a red ball that had a bunch of spikes. Who cares? <laughs> um, Why, what, where did the special ball come from? Future Hell World, same place the giant one came from. Uh. The specialty core. Uh, oh, and at one point while they were in Hellworld, uh, Tall Man tries to attack them with orbs, but Mike, like, his eyes go metal and he goes Super Saiyan on the orbs and turns them right back on him. Uh, but in doing that, that's how Dawn gets her neck snapped. Then Tall Man gets killed by Chuck. Mike and Reg jump out of Hellworld. They're shooting some zombies. All of a sudden. Uh, there's uh, Kuda with chain guns mounted on the hood. <laughs> Mad Max looking modifications on there. And it shoots down the zombies and it pulls up and it's Jody in the last five minutes of the movie. He what? was driving the Kuda. Why? The band is back together. He's dead. He's back, baby. Or did he ever die? Or is this another timeline? Or a new dimension? Or is he still Jorby? Who knows? Who cares? All right. Except so. for me, a person that likes Phantasm, I guess. <laughs> I still uh, like Phantasm, but this sounds like an awful mess. Uh, so, the band got back together. They're all in the car. But then we cut back to Reg in the old folks' home where he dies. What? Was this all the dream of a dying old man? Who can say? We cut back to Reg in the back of the Cuda. Then, the credits run. But then, after one minute of credits, we cut back to a dimensional fork. Chuck crawls his way out, his hand blown off. He survived. And who's there to meet him? It's Rocky. What? Chuck and Rocky, together. And then it keeps going as they wander through the desert and he asks her for a piggyback ride and cops a feel and she bandages his wounds and says, don't try and fuck me anymore. And then they wind up on the road and you're like, boy, Chuck is probably the next Reg. That sounds dope. And then who pulls up but the boys and they all get in the car together and they say, we're going to head north where it's cold because that fucker hates the cold. Wait, so after everyone dies, they all reappear? 
Or maybe they didn't die. Maybe this is an alternate timeline. Or maybe it was all Reg's dream and his dying mind. To me, the only explanation that makes sense is that this was uh, Reggie's dying brain's last gasp. This entire film franchise. I know that that's what it is, and that's what it sounds like, but that I don't want that to be it. And also, I'm going to say, at one point in the old folks' home timeline, Mike thanks Reg for taking care of him after his brother Jody died. But then Jody is there to comfort him at his moment of death at the old folks' home in the old folks' home timeline. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you have any trivia for me? I do have trivia for you. This movie is so weird. They didn't pull it off. I'm reading the... the uh, it was originally supposed to be a series of web shorts. Chuck flirts with her asking if he has a chance. Rocky teases back saying there are no other guys around. So it looks hey. like he has a chance. That wasn't trivia. I was just reading. All right, Man, trivia for Phantasm Five: Ravager. According to the book, Phantasm Exhumed, filming on Phantasm Ravager first began in late 2008, where it was originally envisioned as a spin-off web series about the Reggie character. How yeah, about that? That would have been better. It would have been way better. It would have um, made much more sense in that context. It would have had a lot of Hell World. Yeah. At around 20... You could have really focused on getting little things done right. At around 21 minutes, the hospital bed scene along Reggie Bannister was the last scene Angus Scrim filmed as the character, the tall man. He was so old in this movie, you guys. Yeah, he was... Good for him, though. Yeah, and hey, I bet he... I bet he... I hope he had a great time. Shortly, he didn't look like he was in pain or anything. No, he no, it wasn't like he was forced old. to do it. He was, and he was excited to do it. They said. Um, yeah. Shortly before he died, he was shown the final copy of Phantasm Ravager. He must have been. That probably is what. That's what I was about to say. It, it, no coincidence. Um, according to Coscarelli, Angus Scrim and Reggie Bannister got into a heated debate over their characters' dialogue in the white room sequence. Yeah, because they shouldn't have had any. Yeah, I was about to say, that's right. He did a debate with the writer, probably. It was them versus him. Um, the blanket Dawn puts on Reggie in the cabin, you know, when she comes to sleep with him? Mm-hmm. It's the same blanket A. Michael Baldwin's character had on his bed in the original Phantasm. It's back, baby. <laughs> that fan favorite. <laughs> it's the first Phantasm film in 18 years. Yeah. At 85 minutes long, this is the shortest of all Phantasm films. It feels every one of those 85 minutes. <laughs> um, the song Reggie plays on the guitar when writing a song for Dawn is the same tune he and Jody played together in the original Phantasm. Uh, several years after the movie's release, Bill Thornberry finished the song, which is titled Sitting Here at Midnight. Yeah, you could tell he was definitely just being like, how can I work these lyrics into a song I already wrote? I do not have time. She won't know. She doesn't know my songs. <laughs> okay. Several ideas. That's a good one. Probably sitting here at midnight. Yeah, yeah, okay. How could I make that about... And he forgot her name. That was a, a gag I forgot to mention. And then he remembered it when he said it's he, in the morning. He was like, it's almost dawn. 
Dawn. That's her name. Yeah. Really bad screenwriting. Yeah, horrible. Several ideas seen in this film were recycled from a previously unproduced script for a fifth phantasm. These include the tall man unleashing a disease and the main characters traveling to Hellworld. So it was yeah. a mix, a mismatch of different scripts. That's why. Yeah. It, it, it really feels like, yeah, this could have used another couple of passes at the old typewriter. And also, uh, during a scene where Mike is visiting Reggie at the rest home, Reggie says the line, There's a new threat, Mike. Have you seen it? This is probably a reference to the song, Have You Seen It? Performed by Reggie Bannister, which plays over the end credits. Mm. There was another song in the end credits that was a uh, rap. There was a phantasm rap. No, there wasn't. There is a phantasm rap. Is it about phantasm or is it just rap during the credits? At one point they mentioned a CUDA. I think the song might be called Kudanator. Oh no. Play and it on the outro. I, it's definitely going to be the closing credits of this episode. I, it's either that or uh, have you seen it? Yeah. Hey, Sybil! Oh my god, are we getting the red light? Yeah, you're getting the red Reggie? light, Sybil, you pussy. Oh my god, Kincaid. Let me tell you what we need need to do, Sybil. You want to hear what we need to do? Tell me, Reggie. We need to stop guessing, Reggie. We need to start okay. messing. Do you understand? Yeah, it's been a long, a hard time on the road. You know why I do this, Reggie? Oh, tell me why. So Jesus. I don't have to look at your ugly face all the time. But the point is, you ran out of time. I keep telling you, that's something Freddie would do. I see you in hell, Reggie. Fucking A. Fucking A, dude. Best friend, my passenger, and we'll kill all these ravagers. Woo! 